Sunny Days and Double Plays, a Palm Beach baseball podcast. We're back with this week's episode, and it's going to be a doozy. I am joined again in the broadcast booth with our now-named Beer League Vegas odds by my uh, co-host and friend and family member of the show, Ivani Valdez. That's going to be a lot of fun. The interview that you all have been waiting for. League president and South Florida beach bum Dave Sally is on the show this week. I was able to wrestle him into submission to finally getting him on the show. And I'm also going to break this to you guys before I go any further. There are two parts. In the first part of the show, uh, you'll hear the first part of the interview with Dave um, after I go through the week that was. Um, I will tell you that there is a cliffhanger. I will let you all listen to the interview, um, and then I will tell you during the part with Ivani what's to come in part number two. So check out the interview segment. It's a lot of fun with Dave. A lot of things that some people may not know, uh, including the scheduling, uh, setting up fields, all things, and the daunted question that has been on the mind of a lot of us, the return of the All-Star Game. That is discussed a little bit in this episode. That's where I'll leave it. I'll let you guys listen to the the episode. Uh, I will just tell you all that there is a cliffhanger, so be ready for that. You will not know when the interview ends because it is absolutely abrupt. Abrupt is the right word. So let's get to the week that was. We will start with Dave's South Florida Beach Bums. They were unfortunately on the losing end of a 12-4 game to my Co-host Ivani Valdez's Los Padres team. Uh, the Beach Bums got out to an early 2-0 lead in the top of the first. The Padres came right back and scored six. Uh, the final score makes this game look a lot more lopsided than it was. Uh, the Beach Bums added a run in the second and a run in the fourth to get it to 6-4. to four. But six runs in the bottom of the eighth really blew this thing open and made the final score 12-4. to four. Alex Riccio for the Padres went one for three. Herman went three for four with two runs scored in an RBI. George went two for four with two runs scored in two RBIs. Big Z went two for three with an RBI. Mikey Melendez, two for four with two RBIs. And Monaldo went, uh, Monaldo had three RBIs. All right, love it. Um, Pitching-wise, number one started for Los Padres. Went four innings, gave up four runs, three earned, while striking out four and walking one. For the Beach Bums, Dawson Fox out of the leadoff spot went three for five with a run scored in two RBIs. John DeLue went two for four with an RBI. Uh, Dave Sally one for four. Alex Stone went two for four. Mike Wastong one for two. And Matthew Matone went two for four. The starting pitcher for the Beach Bums was Rick Schner. He went two and two-thirds, gave up six runs, all of which were earned while allowing eight hits, striking out two and walking two. Uh, he was followed on the on the mound by Darren Rohrbeck, who went three and a third and only gave up one hit. Mike Wassung went an inning and a third, gave up four hits, six runs, all of which were earned while striking out three. Alex Stone threw the last two-thirds of an inning, uh, allowing no runs, no hits, uh, while walking three of the Padres. Other action around the league, the JEG Reds stay undefeated as they were able to defeat the Panthers by a final score of six to one. Uh, we have a forfeit in the league uh, this week, the Hurricanes and the Derby Slugger game. Um, final 
than that because of the forfeit. It goes 8 nothing because the Derby Sluggers were the home team. So the Sluggers get the win there, 8 nothing. I did see on social media that a couple of the Hurricanes were playing out in Georgia uh, at a Memorial Day tournament. Um, that may have caused the issue. I didn't ask uh, Dave or anybody along those lines, but I did see that some of them won that tournament. So congratulations to those guys. I know they're loyal listeners to the show. Uh, look forward to playing them this weekend. It should be a lot of fun, both us and them have double headers scheduled as long as the tropical storm that looks to be blowing over us right now decides to hold off for a couple more days. Um, so that should be a lot of fun sharing the diamond with them. Uh, in other action, the Caribbean Stars defeated the Angels by a final score of 11-2. to two. Junior for the Caribbean Stars went 3-for-5. Uh, number 52, whose name I do not have, went 2-for-5 with three RBIs. The win on the mound went to number 59. For the Angels... Uh, Ryan Romero went one for three. Mendoza went one for three. Ray Jimenez went one for four. Uh, Pole went one for three. Uh, Cam Rapp went one for three with the RBI. Uh, for the Angels, uh, the Caribbean scorers star scored five in the third, uh, and then five more in the seventh to really blow this thing open late. Uh, we also had the Sugar Kings defeat the Astros by a final score of six to nothing. The Nationals, in what I build my game of the week, defeated the Thunder by a final score of 10-3. to We had the Marlins over the Diamondbacks by a final score of 8-6. to uh, Kenny Silverstreet went the first three and two-thirds, allowed nine hits, uh, four runs, all of which were earned while striking out two. He was followed on the mound by Jacob, who went four and a third, allowed six hits, four runs, excuse me, four, yeah, four runs, two of which were earned while striking out three. For the Diamondbacks offensively, Mitchell went one for four with an RBI. Buskey went two for four. Jose went one for three. Pat, Donnie, and Chris all went one for four. Jamal McCleary went three for three with four RBIs, while Keith Buck went one for three. Also, the Heat defeated the Warriors by a final score of nine to five. This game was a lot closer than the first time these two teams played. I, I think the Central Division is starting to balance themselves out a little bit. I don't know that there's really a, a, a pick over there. I think everybody's going to have to play each other tight in that game, you know, especially in those in that division. So everybody's trying to trying to get bottled up. A lot of fun there. And finally, I would be crazy to not talk about this game at depth, not just because it's the team that I coach slash play for, but because of the dramatics that included in this game. The Tribe defeated the Red Sox by a final score of 9-8 to eight with a walk-off single from Sam Moss in the bottom half of the ninth to score the second run of the inning to give the Tribe the lead. The Tribe got out to an early 3-1 lead, ballooned it up to 5-1 before getting it all the way to 6-1 for the Red Sox counter with four in the fifth, two in the sixth, uh, and then one in the eighth to really get this thing uh, going their way. But the the Tribe did not quit. It was a back-and-forth game. Andrew Link singled uh, in the eighth inning to score Sam Moss to get it to 8-7. Before the ninth inning dramatics, which included a Ken Link, the third single. Uh, Kimakisi doubled to center to score Link to tie the game. Uh, Dawson Scarf then hit a line out to second. Uh, the Beach, uh, excuse me, the Red Sox then walked Vinny Bonacani and Brian Nawachek to load the bases with two outs before the hero, Sam Moss, singled up to middle to score Kisi for the walk-off win. Dan DeSimone. Getting hot, four for five with a with a run scored. Andrew Link one for four with the RBI. Armin Pushka two for four with three RBIs. Ken Link the third, one for five. Fernando Foyo three for five. Kimakisi three for four with three RBIs. Two for five for Dawson Scarf who started on the mound. 
for the week uh, for the tribe. Brian Nowacek two for four, and Sam Moss went three for five. Scarf went the first four and a third, gave up eight hits, five runs, all of which were earned, walking two and striking out two. Andrew Link, two-thirds of an inning, gave up two hits, two runs, one of which was earned, walked a hitter. Brian Nowacek got us out of a big jam, third of an inning, gave up a hit, but no runs. Kimon Kesey, the final three and two-thirds, gave up four hits, one run, walking one and striking out two. For the Red Sox, Dale, Cris- Dale Criswell went one for four. Uh, Matthews went one for five with an RBI. Uh, Bauman went one for four with two RBIs. Sheldon Carroll, two for four. Uh, Hector Rivera, one for three. Drew Davis, one for two. Steven Skeen, two for four. Andrew Rubin went one for three. Uh, Austin Price went one for two. Paul Chassie, one for two. Rivera, two for four. McCormick, one for four. So the, the, the reoccurring stat line here is that these team hit uh, all day. Red Sox had 15 total hits. Tribe, 21 hits. Um, it, it was a hit fest here. These two teams were like heavyweight title fight uh, guys going back and forth, hitting each other with body blow after body blow to see which one of them could gain the edge. Paul Chassie started for the Red Sox. He went the front five, gave up 12 hits, six runs, five of which were earned. He walked two, struck out five. The tough luck loss gets billed to Austin Price. He went the last three and two-thirds, three runs, all of which were earned. Two walks struck out four members of the tribe. So. A lot of things going on in the league right now. A lot of teams battling and clawing tooth and nail to, to get, you know, on the right side of where they need to be to get in the playoff race. Our updated standings from around the divisions start in the Central. The Reds are 10-0. and They're followed by the Sugar Kings at 7-3. and The Heat and the Astros are at 5-5. Five and five. The Warriors sit at 1-9. and nine, And the Panthers are at 0-10. In the National Division, it is led by the Thunder at six and three. The Beach Bums sit at five and four. The Crevey Stars are at four, four and one. The Diamondbacks and the Red Sox currently sit at four and five, while the Derby Sluggers sit at three and six. And last but certainly not least, in the American Division, it is led by the Delray Nationals at eight zero oh, and one. They are followed by the Palm Beach Marlins at seven and two. Los Padres sit at five and four. Tribe sits at four and four. The Hurricanes right now at three and six. And the Angels sit at 1-8 and eight to round out our division standings for the week that was. All right. So now let's get there. The, the moment that a lot of people have been waiting for. It is my part one of a two-part interview with uh, league president and member of the South Florida Beach Bums, Dave Sally. Uh, that'll, come by, that'll come on right after uh, this brief little uh, hiccup. Um, so, again, enjoy the interview. Uh, tell me, guys. Tell me what you think, guys. Just know that you're going to end on a cliffhanger. Uh, we'll see you guys back. Uh, when you hear me, it's with Dave, and then we'll wrap that up with our uh, beer line, uh, beer line Vegas odds. All right, guys. Sunny days and double plays. A Palm Beach baseball podcast. We're back. It's the episode that you have all been waiting for. I am joined by manager of the South Florida Beach Bums and league president, Mr. Dave. Sally, Dave, how are we doing? I'm doing all right. What is up, Palm Beach Baseball? Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Things you've been doing on this have been awesome, dude. Everybody's talking about it. It's a great buzz. So, uh, I mean, if there wasn't enough excitement in our league already, you've just generated more. So, it's been positive. Well, I appreciate that. Um, It's been a lot of fun recording it. It's been a lot of fun getting uh, feedback from everybody as I walk in and out of uh, fields and getting Ivani on here and adding him to the team and stuff like that. It's been a lot of fun so far. Um, 
but I would tell you I was lying if I wasn't uh, thinking of, of bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, I think that's the minute that we stop thinking about bigger is the minute that we've become uh, too complacent. And we're definitely not complacent in the league and we're definitely not complacent on this podcast. Um, but before we get into all the fun, because I've, I've had now seven guests, I've asked them all numerous questions about the league. Let's 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 tell the Dave story, Sally, the Dave Sally story quickly before we get into all the president stuff. Um, when and where did you join the league? So I joined the league a, a long time back. I actually came down here from uh, Daytona, went to college in Daytona to uh, <clears throat> Embry-Riddle, um, and afterwards lived up there, played in a, a men's league like everybody else, came down here, played in a tournament, um, and just one of the opposing teams happened to be uh, coached by Mike Sulin, who now coaches the Thunder. Um, I think that was the last game we played. Um, and I told him that I might be moving down here. I actually moved down here for a bit, played with them. Um, then I actually went back to Daytona for a while and then ended up back down here um, and played with Mike some more. Ultimately, um, he moved away. And I think uh, uh, I took over the team or then we split or something like that, of that regards. Um, and then so- somehow ended up playing with uh, – Charles Sano of the Beach Bombs. So kind of a twisted one, but, you know, a lot of people come in. A lot of people come in through the league now over the years through uh, Mike Sulin. Um, and as the teams are around longer, even myself with the Bums, there's a lot of people in the league that have played the season or two with the Bums. Um, and as you're in, in there longer, it just seems to work out that way. Definitely. Um, so Embry-Riddle to Daytona and then down here. Um Let's uh, let, let's kick the tires here. Um, Sally Wealth Management, correct? That is correct. That is what I do now for a living. I opened up my own uh, business, went on my own about uh, seven years ago or so now. So that is what I do for a living. Are you coaching high school, all that fun stuff as well? <clears throat> I do. I coach uh, high school at the King's Academy. Um, so for me... Uh, baseball on Sundays, a lot of people, that's when they get to get out on the field. For me, that's really a uh, kind of a relaxed time as I'm on the field almost seven days a week, uh, almost year round. So I coach the Kings Academy. High school baseball here in Florida is pretty unique because we will run from January through we basically just got done maybe on uh, some of the states are still finishing up now, but we probably just got done about a week or two ago. Um, And then also I have my son who plays, uh, my daughter actually plays too. Uh, My son now is doing uh, some summer travel ball. So it's literally almost on the field seven days a week. So Um, very relaxed for me. It sounds like it. Uh, Head coach (laughs) of the Kings Academy, still a former big leaguer? Uh, Yes, we've had two of them there. One of them was Brad Wilkerson, who was a very big, uh, college player at UF and then went on to play uh, in the big leagues for several years. He played at uh, the funny, uh, Expos. Funny story, funny story that you bring Brad Wilkerson up. I grew up in Virginia. The Nationals moved from Montreal to D.C. Correct. My first Washington Nationals jersey was Brad Wilkerson. He had the first hit in that stadium. Yes. And he was the last one. Uh, to ever wear an Expos jersey as the Expos had shut down 
and I guess they still had one more event they wanted to do, and they actually gave him an Expos jersey, and he went and did it. So that's that's one of his claims of fame was he was the last one to ever wear a uh, uh, Expos jersey. What part of Virginia? Uh, I'm originally from Woodbridge, so the northern the northern end. Um, so, about... yeah, I grew up in Chesapeake, Virginia. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm about I was about 35 miles south of DC. So. Yeah. I know exactly where you are. Spent spent numerous uh, spent numerous weekends uh, Nationals Park and RFK once that once they got the team and then you know or uh, Candom Yards beforehand you know growing up all through high school and stuff like that. So funny that funny that Brad was there. Uh, was, was Salty a manager there too at the Kings Academy or? Uh, so Jared came on later and then uh, so so in Virginia where I grew up right at the end we ended up being a little bit of a hotbed. Um, I went to school with uh, Michael Kadire, went there, and then David Wright came up there, uh, came up through, and then uh, the Uptons followed, and then so many more since then. Um, so it's become the small little town that ended up being a pretty big hotbed for a lot of major league talent. Um, and then to follow up, yes, uh, Jared took over. Jared Saltamakia took over maybe uh, two or three seasons ago now. Um, I think this is my 11th year I just completed coaching. And, uh, you know, he's been uh, – both of them have been excellent to coach with. He's been excellent as well. As he's, he, he grew up in this area, you know, so he's not only well-known from his playing career, but um, he's well-known in the area because he played high school baseball here all growing up. It's, it's hilarious that the two guys that you mentioned I have stories with. That's awesome because uh, little, little known fact, uh, before my current job, um, for those of you that don't know, they'll listen to the podcast. I deal poker for a profession. Uh, I deal at the Palm Beach Gunnel Club down in West Palm. Um, before I got the job there, though, I was a certified framing technician at Michael's Arts and Crafts. And Jared actually brought in Broadway posters for his wife to get framed for Christmas one year. Um, so I actually had him because he came in to pick them up and I was finishing them up. I still had one that I had to do. I actually let him come sit in the frame shop, something that we weren't really weren't supposed to do because of all the glass and everything. But I was like, as someone as high profile as him, he may want some kind of privacy because this was like December. And he had just wrapped up with the socks uh, yeah. for the season. So, yeah, no, it was fun to talk to him for a little bit. So it's funny that the two guys you mentioned, I kind of have a story about both of them. So yeah. little sm small world uh, when it comes to the game of baseball, smaller world when it comes to uh, baseball in South Florida. Um, so yes, you said sir. that you were, you were a member of the, the Mike Solon led team. You then went with Charles and the beach bums. You've now taken over the, uh, now Palm beach baseball league, formerly NABA, uh, beach bums team. Um, let's, let's transition. Um, you took over the league from Lou. Um, Correct. where, what was the, what was the story with that? I know Lou, his wife had taken a turn for the worse, unfortunately. Yeah, there, I think there's more backstory than there is story, you know, backstory with Lou that, you know, obviously he didn't allude to. He was a, uh, a great person, ran the league forever. Um, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, the Sugar King, he started it in the 90s, and I believe the Sugar Kings have had a team in the league uh, ever since the league started. That wouldn't surprise uh, me in the slightest. Um, and the the also the Tigres who are not no longer in it, but several players from that team um, are in the league. Also had a, a team in it for that long. So um, his wife had taken a turn for the worse, and he was caring for her a lot. The league had also um, shrunk 
I think when I took it over, don't quote me, we were somewhere between maybe eight or nine teams. Um, there was other team, other leagues trying to come up and build up around us. And it was just a bit of a, you know, our upper division, which we had for the longest time was, you know, kind of non-existent. I think we maybe only had four teams. Um, and it was this great Mecca of a league that he had really built in the area. Um, and it had kind of just, and for a lot of, a lot of, you know, expected reasons where he had to, you know, I think his wife had, you know, taken a turn. I think he had been diagnosed at that point with something, Mm -hmm. um, and he was on his way out. So when his last season was done, um, I mean, it, it was really, again, not, not as much backstory as maybe would sound interesting on, you know, anywhere, but he, he basically just called and said, Hey Dave, you know, uh, here's a couple of numbers. It's yours. You know, I'm done. That was it. Yeah. Um, I had the privilege of knowing Lou for whew, I got in this league probably nine years ago. Um, and, you know, was at the tryout with him, uh, got put on the, got put on a team with, uh, Nelson Ortiz, the Rough Riders at the time. Yep. I've been through, I've been through enough uh, wars of attrition um, involving the league, and you know, Lou asked me to to help take over a team when Nelson uh, had to step aside for you know stuff for his son and stuff like yep. that. So, Lou was always there though, always supportive. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, we lost Lou. Um, I loved, I loved the, the baseball talks with him. I loved. Always having the open invitation of, hey, anytime you're at uh, Roger Dean, come by and see me, you know. Yes. So, yeah, it, it was always it was always fun to have Lou around. Um, I do know that uh, the NABA has actually renamed the Florida State Championship the Lou Palmer Championship. Yes, they did. Um, so that's a cool thing. Um, I was going to actually uh, see, you know, I was going to talk to a bunch of our guys and see if there's anybody from the league that wanted to actually try to put a Palm Beach baseball team in that and try to go win it since, you know, we kind of, we kind of are a lose little band of misfit toys. Um, yes. Yeah, so the, the kind of, you know, backstory on that and why some of the changes, because we were in ABA for, again, since the nineties and I took over and changed it. Uh, <clears throat> NABA used to have a huge tournament here, which a lot of our guys from the league, I mean, Joey put yeah. a team in several times. I put a team in several times. The Tigres put a team in several. I mean, it was the tournament to be in yep. caliber of competition was huge. It was played in Jupiter. Um, that tournament really got slim. Um, and then MABL moved into our backyard with the fall classic. They started in Jupiter and then now have ballpark of Palm beaches in Jupiter. And if you've ever been to that or played in it, it's quite large. Um, I think it's maybe three, four weeks long. They have eight, uh, 18 age group, uh, 28, 35, 45, 55 plus. Um, and there may even be a 65 plus or something in there. I mean, it's, they draw literally hundreds and hundreds of teams. When we changed, uh, the NABA tournament also moved several hours away. This was in our backyard. Um, we joined them. And one of the things that, you know, was kind of part of it is, we now get to put in a eight, you know, Palm Beach baseball is put in into that tournament in November, an 18 plus team, 28, 35. Then last year we had our first 45 plus team. 
Nice, um, nice. So, and we've done it with all players from our league. And we've won the 18s the first year. Uh, the second year, we were uh, semifinalists, um, lost in the champion, championship. And last year didn't turn out so well. But the 28s, who were mostly run by the Nationals, made it to the finals last year. And I think the semifinals the year before, um, 35s made it to semifinals a couple of times, I believe. So we've been very successful in that. We've had a lot of representation from our league in that tournament. Well, if you need a coach for one of those tournaments, feel free to uh, give me a call. I'd be more than glad to help in any way possible. Awesome. 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 Um, all right. So let's transition. We, 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 we got the league from Lou um, and we've blown up for, for a lack of a better word. Um, we went yes. from – Eight nine teams. We're now sitting at eighteen. I know off off air conversations that me and you have had. You know we could blow this thing up to twenty to twenty two if we really wanted to. Yes. Um. So what? I guess what is the difference that you've seen since taking over that has made the league expand? Um. Okay. So let's talk a few things. Um. Because I I can't put my finger on any one particular thing i will say um it's been excellent that our teams have really worked hard and we had to put some caps on it and be a little stern but our teams have worked hard to get in uh their dues that are due each year okay um in each season uh they've done good communicating with players i've used a lot of our revenue as a um advertising piece um, so we, you will see if you look on there, we have a lot of advertising that's out there um, on Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff. It's really, you know, helped out with the league as far as drawing in people. We have, I'm literally, when I sit, and if it helps you, we just built a brand new team. We had 30 some at tryouts mm -hmm. and I'm looking at a, uh, folder on my desktop and I have 37 free agents that have come in and asked to play in our league um, that are not currently in our league. So um, I would definitely be remiss if I didn't mention the portion of Keith Buck. Um, he's been, it, it may not seem like much to people on the outside, but he takes pictures each week. Um, I think they're amazing pictures. Um, so if you need a photographer out there, Be Savage Photography is what Keith does. So I'll put that plug in there because the guy's been awesome. Um, he's taken a lot of pictures of the league. He's really run with the uh, Facebook uh, uh, Facebook page, if you would, posting stuff in there. And he had some power rankings he was doing. And just, just his photos and captioning of them has been all around excellent. So you start to combine, you know, some advertising spend with some pictures that are posted up to just getting involved and getting out there and getting people talking and, you know, Hey, here's a league, here's a league, here's a league, finding people. It, it's, it started to grow. And it, I mean, I think I've been running it now for what, maybe three years and yeah. it's, it's grown fast. You know, we're it's getting 30 plus people out to tryouts each time it's grown. Um, <clears throat> You know, and, and, and then I'll, I'll make second mention, which is we use superstar sports a lot. You know, that's where we get our baseballs from. We went, you know, we've tried a couple of different baseballs there. We have a baseball now that our entire league um, likes. Um, it's a low seam ball, which is huge for 
you know, for once you get older, you want to move away from that. You know, when you get some velo, you want the low seam balls. And we've gotten that they get a lot of foot traffic that comes in there. They help promote our league. Um, it's a win-win situation. They hold our baseballs up there for us, lineup cards, all that stuff. It's kind of like a one-stop shop right in the middle where, you know, people know what's going on. And they have guys come in there all the time, you know, that are older and like, man, or graduated high school, college, whatever. And they tell them about our league and they'll reach out to me, whatever. We'll get them on a team. So it's about finding teams for players, finding availability. I think the probably the thing that could grow the quickest and the most is that central division that we have now. That is a huge growth opportunity. Um, no, as far absolutely. As league is concerned. Absolutely. I think I agree with you wholeheartedly. That central division is something that we could, uh, we could expand on. Um, I'll, I'll say this as someone who is part of, uh, I think we're in the national and you guys are in the American. Um, there are a, there are 10 teams in, in, those are what is it 12 teams in those 12 those two divisions and i genuinely feel like it is in any any given sunday when it comes to you know who you're playing i don't necessarily Mm -hmm. know that i i look at our schedule and go man i don't know if we're going to win this game i don't know if we're even going to compete in this game i think that's a that's another testament is you know the teams themselves have have gotten themselves on another level what Um, i found and i think what we saw is when we had the upper and lower division and the upper was smaller, you know, a lot of, so, so for people listening, so that everybody understands is while we have three divisions, American national and central, the, the league is really split at this point in the, in the two divisions, the American and national, the one and two will play each other within their division, just like MLB um, to have the champion of that division, which will go in and play for the championship. The central division will be completely separate and they will have their own playoffs within uh, their division. So this is the first year since I've taken over that we've actually split divisions. Um, and I didn't want to, one of the ways that the upper division, I don't want to say can die, but can struggle real bad is your teams that sit at the bottom of an upper division. When you only keep at the top four to six teams, your lowest team ends up being one of your better teams in your league overall but they struggle to keep it together because they're not doing so well in the upper division. So what I wanted when we separated it was instead of having a small upper division and large lower was to have a large upper division. Um, The other thing that separates it is when players come in and they want to play in a better division. Now there's more teams that they can play instead of saying there's only four or six that they can play for. You know, when you only have, four teams and somebody comes in a college player expert and says, Hey, we're playing the best one. Well, now it's only four teams. Your other teams struggle to get better because if the better players, even if it's one, two, you know, however many it is, you struggle to grow your whole league. And that's what we want. My goal was a larger, more balanced league and players are always going to switch teams, whatever it is, what it is. Um, but right now you're right. The parity is pretty good. No, absolutely. I, I think that's something that, you know, as someone who played in the league when Lou was running it, I, I I knew that there was weeks that, you know, my team at the time, we were, shoot, one in seven, one in eight. And it's like, oh, great. Now we get to play Los Tigres. We're probably going to lose 22 to three and be done by, you know, the fourth inning. Yes. You know, that, that that's just, those were just things. And it, and it wasn't anything that my guys did wrong or anything like that. It's just, we were playing a bunch of ex-pros 
the parody is, you know, we're we're just a bunch of guys that are trying to get out on Sat on Sunday morning, and those guys are probably could still play in a couple of leagues if they really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but I, but I like the balance now. I like basically the fact that one through six in each division really can play with any other team any day of the week. Um, yes. there, there really isn't that that long stretch, um, I guess, reach out from from one through twelve. Um, in the central division, though, let's let's talk. There is one team that's kind of taken a step ahead of the other the other five. Um, are you ta- are you thinking? moving teams around once the season's over based off of final records and things like that? Or what, what, what is your plan for rebalancing the, the divisions at the end of the summer season? So in a perfect world, you know, you have your lower division and your upper and, you know, you always have an even number of teams, this, that, or the other. And you always have it separated between the two in our league, you know, I've wanted to do things several times. And the next thing you know, you know, hey, a team or two folded or two combined, and <laughs> and you kind of never know where you end up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is another reason why I like the larger upper division because, I mean, you can very easily take a team, and I'll, I'll speak to my own so nobody assumes and think, you know, whatever. But, you know, you could take the beach bums, and we've been competitive now for a few years, but it could be any season comes up and you're in the lower. You know, you get a guy or two that leave your team or injured or – Decides not to play or whatever, and things can change pretty quickly. Um, so that is another reason why I like it like that. I mean, the uh, JEG Reds, uh, uh, coached and run by Junior, I mean, it's a brand-new team. It is Everybody out there who's played on any team or any new one um, knows it takes some time to build a team, and he's done really good with building a competitive team in one year. So, you know, kudos to him at the – at the end of the season, we'll look and evaluate. And you never know. People can say, you know, hey, I lost these guys. I gained these guys. Maybe it's eight in the central division and, you know, six or so in the upper ones or whatever the case may be. Um, but you just got to kind of take each year in stride. You know, if, if I had it, you know, a crystal ball, I'd tell you. But, you know, I mean, I really like, you know, 12 in the top and six in the lower right now. It's, it's nice. Very tough to do the schedule, but it's nice. And we'll struggle with that in the winter. Um, you know, I'm desperately looking at some additional fields that we can use because now for us to do one game a week, we're at nine games because we're at 18 teams. So mm-hmm. that's got to be five facilities that we use each week to get through it. No, so let's, let's, let's address <laughs> that since you brought it up. Um, for people that don't know how hard it is to jump through hoops uh, mm. with, the, with the city or with St. Lucius themselves to try to get the quad or to get, you know, Lake Worth or, or West Boynton. Um, how far in advance, I guess, do you have to to book out these fields so that we have something to play on on Sundays? So I, I book the entire schedule. When it's when you guys saw it posted, I think <laughs> I think this year was maybe, uh, and again, apologies, but it's, it's kind of been like that each season. But I think this year might have only been three or four days before our season and our entire our entire schedule was booked. I have to let them know way ahead of time. I can't overbook um, and you definitely can't underbook. So I try to do the schedule exactly how it, how it can be. Um, It is a a unique time. The way we do it And this year was an additional challenge as they changed the way they shut down Santa Lucius at the end of our summer. 
Um, so that's why you'll normally they shut the entire complex down for, I think it's two weeks or so this year, they shut down two fields for two weeks and then two other fields for two weeks, which just, it actually made it more difficult on us. Um, did not make it easier. So you may see the central division finish a little bit, uh, earlier than the rest of the league to try to fit those games in the midweek games that we have. We never did midweek games until, I took over and then we've had them each summer in the, in the winter season, you're not going to get them um, due to high school travel leagues, everything going on during the school year, during the summer, we've been able to get them in that brief time period. That is when high school ends and before the collegiate leagues start. Um, The collegiate leagues are a little bit of a struggle as they don't really get their schedule done I mean, they're about to start here soon, and I think they're just now finishing their schedule. So it was very tough for them to uh, give us any, not give, but for us to be able to book any midweek games. Um, and so what I kind of did in place of that was we've done, you'll, you've seen where I've spread out the double hitters on Sundays. So there's been a lot of Sundays where we've had nine games, um, you know, that we've scheduled, which, you know, not to lead into a different topic but we did we this league itself has been very blessed and no other better word than to have the hit umpires that we've had which was Hector um who did it for many many years with Lou and did it I think the first season or two with me then we had Jim who ran it afterwards um who did it for three or four three every year with me up until this year and Johnny's taken over um, all three of them have been wonderful. All three of them have been slightly different, um, but I really like the direction we're going. Johnny's uh, ability to obtain umpires enough for us to grow with this league has been huge because he's got a huge Rolodex. Um, we've had a lot of guys out there this season that have done college games and even some pro games and stuff like that that we've had as umpires. So, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, one of your interviews a little while ago, Junior actually said it right where, you know, we have to remember in this league, and I know it gets frustrating and I'm probably a little off topic, but when I look around the league, I, I don't see any professionals. I, you know, there, there's no professional baseball players in our league, and, you know, neither are the umpires. You know, nobody's, nobody's suiting up to play 162 games in MLB, so they're going to make mistakes just like the rest of us do. Um, you know, we try to get the best ones we can. We do our best. Um, and I think Johnny's done a really good job with even helping coach up some of the umpires and strike zones and stuff and what to expect for our league. No, absolutely. Uh, definitely uh, major credit to those, to, to all the umpires that are putting in the hard work, especially in the summer. It's hot. It, it, it's, it's been pretty muggy these last couple of weeks. So definitely uh, all the appreciation to those guys. Um, so, I broke news on here a couple of weeks ago. I now have you on here. Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. We have some games scheduled there. How did that come about? So, so that 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 just came about through fighting because, um, and and I guess we can talk about the schedule a little bit. But there are some major tournaments in this area, um, high school age, amateur age, that are. When I say huge, I mean they're huge. They literally bring in hundreds upon hundreds of teams. They fill up the uh, hotels around here. The airport's full. You can see the kids coming in. Um, October, 
We are fortunate. If you've never been to it, it's either end of October, beginning of November at Jupiter is the largest uh, amateur high school baseball tournament there is in the country. Um, it's run by Perfect Game. And they literally have – there's nobody in there that's not in high school. It's almost all seniors. You will see some juniors in there, but you will see hundreds, literally hundreds of kids that are, you know, gunned at 90-plus um, on the mound. And it's it's loaded. You can go to a game. Some of the premier games will have, you know, probably 50-plus golf carts on each side of the field <coughs> scouting the kids that are on there to go to the D1 programs and allow them to get drafted as well. <coughs> so – those big tournaments come in, they block off all the fields in the area in case they need them. Um, I know because I've, I've coached a lot of them because I've coached high school summer travel ball for many years. Um, and uh, I know that they block off all those fields, but I know that they don't use them. <clears throat> so what I did was I scheduled a lot of games at Santa Lucia during those blackout periods. And then I just reach out to the guys who run those tournaments to see if they're going to use them. Um, and some of them I had to wait till the last minute, but then they're like, man, I, I don't think we'll use them. We haven't had to use them, you know, under these conditions in years. So <clears throat> we were able to get them, <coughs> excuse me, the 25th and 26th uh, came kind of another opportunity um, where it just so happens that there's a break in play and we got to take, you know, there's collegiate leagues and tournaments and everything that goes on at the ballpark at Palm beaches. And we just so happen to be able to sneak in a few games there. So that's going to work out beautifully. Um, any, any opportunity and potentially using it in the future, or is this just a trial by air? Let's see how it goes. And maybe we can have a conversation down the road kind of thing or, so Santa Lucia's will always be our home. Okay. Um, when we get these one-off games like this, it's, it's nice. Um, but you know, I, I'd like to get stuff scheduled, but, but the, you know, th to be able to do a full season there or anything, you know, of any great value that it's costly, you know, it's, it's a pretty big expense on our, mm -hmm. on our league to get those fields right there. And, and you know, any uh, any potential of a Roger Dean return in any way, shape, or form? Uh, yes, but not like it was in the past. You know, it'd probably be something like this. And I, you know, I figure if these opportunities open, um, take the ballpark in Palm Beaches. No, absolutely. You no, know? I I understand wholeheartedly. I just know as someone as someone who's had who's played at Roger Dean and and been on the backfields there. Um, yes. I just didn't. I just didn't know if the opportunity was still there, if if presented. Um, so, all right. The, the the one thing that's happened with those is when I took over it was about the time the Palm Beaches kind of started to open up, mm -hmm. and these tournaments that came in <clears throat> used to block off, uh, you know, basically Santa Lucia and. Uh, and the Jupiter fields. Now, when they come in, Santa Lucia actually stays open a little bit more while the other two are blocked off. Cause now it's, now they'll roll over into ballpark upon beaches and Jupiter and leave Santa Lucia open. So now it's like, if Santa Lucia is closed, the other ones are closed as well too. You know, where before, you know, there was times where I guess we were having where Santa Lucia was closed and Jupiter was open, which we just don't see those cases right now. 
You no, know. absolutely. That makes sense. <clears throat> um, all right. So let's, let's transition. Um, we, we've talked about scheduling. We've talked about potential of the, the, the division realignment. Any, any thoughts on adding more teams, I guess, is, is the next thing here. So right now, um, I am scrambling to add more fields for the winter season. That's okay. my goal. And I have a few uh, proposals out there, if you would, um, to try to get us some additional fields. But right, like I said, normally in the wintertime, because Santa Lucia's closes down for a long period um in the winter right now we're using dyer park seminole palms we're lucky to get west boynton um we have to treat west boynton like like you know our baby because that is you know that that's a field you can lose and it's well maintained and taken care of mm-hmm. and we have uh dave manzo <clears throat> so that's four fields that we really have um locked up and we need that's only eight teams if you look at two games a day and some of those fields are shut down at times as well too so it leaves us with three at times and you know our our, you saw our schedule last winter there'd be you know a lot of times where you know two-thirds of the league was playing and the other thirds off and it kind of rotated throughout the season we used to get little Fenway a lot Um, when our league kind of died I think we lost some games to uh, another league south of us who are getting that a lot on Sundays right now so yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask, well ask you there. Uh, I was gonna ask, is there a shot that we get that back? <laughs> I have tried many, okay. many times with phone calls. We actually got it last season mm-hmm. for um, a few games. All right. Well, hopefully we can uh, we can mosey back down to Little Fenway. As a Red Sox fan, I like playing up against the Green Monsters. So yes, that's I, a awesome field to play on. Um, all right. So we we've talked about scheduling. We've talked about expansion. We've talked about uh, the teams that we have currently. Let's let's transition here. Um, I guess let me let me address the elephant in the room, which um, I've taken the the reins on, which is potentially bringing back the All Star Game. Um, I've done a poll of the people that I've had as guests on this show. Everybody is a fan of the potential of the All Star Game. Some people have come up with ideas. Uh, shout out to. Uh, Brett Fick, who, again, played with the Savannah Bananas uh, recently, uh, basically taking the stance of Delray versus the world, um, which, which I thought was an interesting concept. Um, I'm more of a, hey, let's try to get a couple guys from each team and maybe do like a fantasy draft and just have some fun with it. First off, let, let, let's address the question, all-star game possibility, yes or no? No. Hey guys, welcome back to Sunny Days and Double Plays. If you're listening to this and you're confused because this doesn't sound like Mike's voice, don't be. Because it's not. I'm your co-host, Ivani B. I'm happy to be back this week with your host, Mikey B. Mike, what's going on, man? What up, Ivani? Thanks uh, for the intro. Uh, Glad to have you back. We're here to talk uh, Beer League Vegas odds. I love it. I love it. That's right. The new name of the uh, segment has so elegantly placed uh, by Ivani. Funny enough, before we get into our talks, this segment is actually going to have a sponsor this week. Um, it's a fun one because it's something that uh, is very cool. Our, our own keep my own the tribe teammate, Kimon Kisi, uh, for those of you that don't know, he's been on the show. 
he actually has his own sneaker website now. So if you're looking into those hard-to-find sneakers that you can't find, go to nsokicks.com right now. He has a ton of stuff on there from the Yeezy 700s, the Yeezy Boost 350s, all kinds of different things that you can find over on nsokicks.com. Does right. that come with a Palm Beach baseball uh, discount, Mike? Uh, not yet, but okay. we're working on something. Uh, you may be able to reach out to him on uh, Twitter, or not Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, the never sold out uh, Instagram or his own personal one. He may hit you with a one-time discount code. Uh, just reach out to him. A lot of fun stuff going on over there with him getting that off the ground. So we got to give some love to that. Um, all right, let's let's transition to why we're here. Purely gods. Uh, the morning slate has five games. The afternoon slate four games. Two teams get buys this week, including yourself. How'd that come happen? Listen, I have no idea, but I'm not going to bitch about it. To be honest. Um, this- so this might be Mike. This might be Mike's out of town because last week when Dave Dave was supposed to be on, he was obviously on this week as you guys have heard. Um, his fallback in case I wasn't able to get Ken was to interview Mike, but I heard that Mike was getting ready for a cruise. So this might be a Thunder vacation. Which, hey, enjoy the week off. That sounds like seniority to me. But hey, I'm like I said, I'm not bitching. Listen, we need the rest. I I can tell you that much and. We play a very good Thunder team the next week. So, I think you guys are uh, the only game that week. We actually are. It's fascinating. Cool. Hey, everybody come out. It's kind of like a play, you know, kind of like a playoff game. Yeah. It's actually the uh repeat of the championship for the uh lower division last year. So, yep. whoever can come out, come support. Running that back. Um all right, let's talk about the slate. We'll start with the nine o'clock state from St. Lucia's field number one. Battle of uh, teams in the Central Division. I think they're both sitting at 5-5 five and five right now. It is the Heat versus the Astros. What do you got, uh, Mike? What do you got? I have, the, I have the Heat at minus 135. I have the Astros at plus 110 with an over-under of 11 and a half. So you got your final score at? I'm going to go final score, Heat 8, Astros 4. All right. Um, I know we don't we don't necessarily like to see this. I'm gonna go a final score of six six. I'm gonna say it ends in a tie. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go the un- over under is definitely eleven and a half, and I have them both at minus one ten. Both these teams seem to be fairly equal. Um, I hope it doesn't end in a tie. To be honest, nobody likes to you're see not, that. No, you're not. You're not the only one. All right, St. Lucia's Field 2, the Palm Beach Angels taking on the South Florida Beach Bums. I have the Angels at plus 170. I have the Beach Bums at minus 165 and an over-under of 10.5. I will take the Beach Bums by a final score of 7-2. to I have the Beach Bums at minus 135. I have the Angels at plus 120. I'm going to take the over-under at 9.5. I have a final score of seven to three in favor of the bums. All right. St. Lucia's field number three, the first of two for the Palm Beach Hurricanes. They are on the road taking on the Caribbean Stars. I have the Hurricanes at minus 125. I have the Caribbean Stars at plus 130 with an over under of 11 and a half. 
I'm going to take a final score of seven to five in favor of the Hurricanes. Mike, I'm going to go ahead and use my game of the week. This is going to be my game of the week right here. Um, I think I think this is going to be a loud game. This is uh, two Spanish two Spanish teams going at it neck and neck. Um, with that being said, I had them. I had the Hurricanes at minus one ten. I had the Caribe Stars at plus one ten. Um, I'm going to take the Hurricane with a final score of five to three, and over under at eight and a half. All right. Game that I will not be picking due to uh, legal obligations. <laughs> uh, the first of two for Tribe, as they are on the road to take on the Diamondbacks. Uh, my odds are here. Tribe minus 110, Diamondbacks plus 120, and an over-under of nine and a half. Um, I have this a fairly equal game, actually, Mike. Um, hey, they always I, play us tough, buddy. I, I'm I not think, opposed to anything. I think the Diamondbacks are coming for blood. Um, you guys knocked them out of playoffs last year. We did. Um, I really think that they – if they get the opportunity, they're – going to put the foot on the gas and there's no letting go um i don't necessarily think that's going to be the case um i have both of you guys at minus 110 i have an over under of 11 and i'm going to go ahead and go with the d-backs this time with the final score of seven to six all right and finally from seminal palms it is the Palm Beach Marlins taking on the Derby Sluggers. Over under here, 10.5. I have the Marlins minus 145. I have the Derby Sluggers at plus 165. Uh, Derby Sluggers have been getting good performances the last couple of weeks. They're moving in the right direction. Um, but this Marlins team, I think, is on a different level right now than those guys. Uh, no offense to them. But this Marlins team can pitch. They can hit pretty dang well. Um, I'm going to take the Marlins' final score nine to two mike we have the same exact um odds i have the fish at yeah. minus 145 i have the sluggers at plus 165 i'm gonna go an over under of 12 i have the okay. final score in favor of the fish 11 to 4 all right that is your nine o'clock slate now the 12 o'clock slate all these games are at the saint Lucia's quad complex we will start with the game that I'm going to dabble as my game of the week here. It is in the Central Division. It's from St. Lucia's Field 1. It is the undefeated JEG Reds taking on the Sugar Kings. Uh, I have the Reds going off at minus one. Sugar Kings at plus 140. An over-under of 9.5. These guys have played each other once already. Um, I'm going to kind of take Ivani's line here. Uh, two Spanish teams. Um, the Sugar Kings are, are that are that group that once they see you one time, they know what you really do well, and they find ways to not let you do that the second and third time that you play them. Um, I am going to still lean towards the Reds here, uh, but my final score, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say the final score is going to be 6-5 in favor of the Reds. So, I have... I have the JEG Reds at minus 130. I have the Kings at plus 155. Um, I agree with Mike. Uh, Sugar Kings, man, you, you can't <laughs> you can't say nothing about them. 
they see you once and, and you're right. They'll they'll take advantage. They they know who you are and they will make very quick adjustments. Um with that being said, I have the over under at twelve. Um I'm still gonna give the J E G Reds the win with a final score of eight to four. All right. The second game from field two, we'll see uh, the Panthers looking for their first win of the season, taking on the expansion Warriors team. I have the Panthers going off at plus 165, the Warriors at minus 110 with an over-under of 16 and a half. These two teams played each other already with the Warriors coming out with the victory uh, for their first victory in the 2022 season. Um, I think history repeats itself. Um, I think this game is going to be closer than the last game, though. Uh, I'm going to go out and let me say the final score here is going to be nine to six in favor of the Warriors. Can't agree with you on that one, Mike. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty evenly matched game. I think the Panthers, I think the Panthers are going to come out on top on this one. I have them both pretty even at minus one ten. I have an over under at ten and a half. I'm going to take the Panthers on this one with a final score of eight to seven, and they're going to get into that win column. All right. Field three, the Delray Nationals look to stay out of the loss column uh, as they look as they take on the Palm Beach Red Sox, looking to rebound from the walk-off loss last week uh, to Tribe. I have the Nationals at minus 165, Red Sox at plus 160. Over-under in this game, I have an eight and a half. I'm going to take the Nationals by a final score of five to three. Mike, I'm going to go ahead and give this my upset game of the week. All right. Um, I still have the Nats at minus 130. I have the Sox at plus 140. If I was a betting man, if I could bet in this league, um, <laughs> I'd give my odds to the Sox. I have an over-under of nine and a half, but I have a final score of four to two in favor of the Sox. All right. And again, because of legal obligations, I cannot make a pick in this game. St. Lucia's field four. Both teams are coming off of 9 a.m. games. It'll be the Tribe versus the Hurricanes. I have the Tribe at plus 120, Hurricanes at minus 110, and over-under in this game of 13 and a half. Um, I'll let you uh, discuss this one. Double headers, man. They're rough, especially in summer. They are. Um, I think this can go either way, to be honest. To be completely honest, I think this can go either way. Um, I have Tribe at minus 110. I have the Hurricanes at plus 110. I have an over-under of 10.5. I'm going to go with the Tribe in this one with a final score of 7-6. to That'll be like the third game in a row that's been determined by like less than two runs for us, and I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack by the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's your beer league odds, Vegas odds for, for this week in the uh, around the league. Do you have a do you have a power ranking? I do. I did make one up. All right, cool. All so right, let's let's, the, let, let's move there. I'll let you start. So let's uh let's start from 18th up, like we All typically right, always do. Yep. Um. So starting this week, I have the Panthers at 18th with the record of 0 and 10. Um, Warriors sit at 17th um, with a record of one and nine. The Angels at 16th with a record of one and eight. 
Derby Sluggers. Gonna give them the 15 spot um, with a record of three and six. They've been doing a lot better. I, I like I like what I'm I like what I'm seeing. Um, keep it up, guys. That's that's all I gotta say with that. Um, I'm gonna give the Astros at 14th with a record of five and five. Um, I'm gonna give the Heat at 13th with a record of five and five. This one could have really gone either way. Um, between 13th and 14th, I think those teams are both pretty evenly matched. I think this week they're gonna um, they're gonna decide. You know, mm-hmm. I got the Hurricanes sitting at 12, three and five. I have the Caribe Stars sitting at 11th with a record of four, four and one. The Diamondbacks are sitting in 10 with a record of four and four. The Red Sox are sitting in eighth with a record of four and four. Tr- I'm sorry. Actually, Tribe is sitting in eighth with a record of four and four. The Bums in seventh with a record of five and four. Los Padres in sixth with a record of five and four. The Thunder in fifth with a record of six and three. The Sugar Kings in fourth with a record of seven and three. The Marlins in third with a record of seven and two. And I know I'm going to get called out for this one. Um... I'm going to bump down the Nats. I'm going to put them in second with a record of 8-0-1. And and I'm going to give the Reds the uh, number one spot, 10-0. What they're doing, you know, you're undefeated, man. Even though though technically the Nationals are – have no losses, um, even though they have a tie, I I think I have to give it to, to the Reds for this week. All right, my rankings, I also have the same for the first five. I have the Panthers in 18th, the Warriors in 17th, the Angels in 16th, the Derby Sluggers in 15th, and the Astros in 14th. In 13th, I have the Caribe Stars. Um, they're doing things good right now. I want to I, I see more from those guys because I really like those guys. I really love Josh and those guys. Uh, and they're really fun to watch play. Um in 12th, I have the Heat. In, a, in 11th, I have the Red Sox. 10th, I have the Hurricanes. 9th, I have the Diamondbacks. 8th, I have the Sugar Kings. 7th, I have Tribe. 6th, I have the Beach Bums. 5th, I have the Thunder. 4th, I have Los Padres. 3th, I have the Palm Beach Marlins. I still have the Reds at 2 and I have the Nationals at one. And this week, I last week was the closest that I've been. This week, after looking at the results of the games, the Nationals went out and beat a team that I had in my top four. Um, I think I take that uh, as my as my reasoning why I take the Nationals this week. Um, you know, they're beating team a, a team in the top five. Um, the Reds beat the Panthers. I think the one this week. Um, you know, so this this is really as much as people want to think that it's it's not close. This is something that I sit down and look at every week, and I go back and forth for a long time, um, especially with the top because all five of those teams in the top five are are really good teams. You know, even even you know top six when you throw the beach ones in there. I think any of those teams in the top are, are competitive with each other week in and week out. Um, 
I'm just that I'm where I'm sitting right now. Delray is going, you know, through a part of their schedule where they're facing teams that I have in the top five every week. And they're beating them, and it's not it's not, oh, we won four three. They're 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 beating teams eight three, nine three, stuff like that. Um so I think that's kind of where my, my reasoning for having the, the nationals still slightly ahead of the Reds. Again, credit where credit Reds have gone out and beat everybody that that, that Dave has put in front of them. Uh no no disrespect to anyone and hey they beat us. Line. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Again. They're beating who they're beating who's in front of them. I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not because of the wins. It's the wins, but Delray is also going out and I agree and, and, and winning games against the the the, the tougher the, the tougher opponents that are lined up in front of them right now. I know the Reds have some matchups coming up that again push them ahead of the Nationals. I think this is going to be a neck and neck race to the wire. Personally. Um, but I'm having fun. I'm having fun talking about the rankings. I'm having fun doing all this fun stuff. So that's my power rankings. You heard Ivani's. Um, like I said, guys, if with either one of us, please reach out to me. I'll take all criticisms and, and I will have do. conversations with anybody in the world uh, about why I feel the way I feel about certain teams in certain spots. Um, I, I think that this week's going to be a big week, though, for the power rankings. There are some teams that. There's some teams that, that can fall with losses, you know, especially, you know, I'm going to put the ball in my own court. I'm going to say that drives a team that with two losses this week against two really good teams could free fall in, in my power rankings next week. Um, I think I'm the harshest criticizer of my own team. Um, we've had some games that we could have won and been higher up in the rankings that we've given away. Uh, so uh, I think, uh, I think any, doesn't think that I'm a harsh criticizer of my own team, uh, please re-advise that assessment. Um, you got anything else you want to add for the, the power rankings and the, the Megasogs? Nothing, man. Just just a friendly reminder to everybody. You know, Mike and I, you know, mostly Mike, we do this because we love it. You know, we love talking about baseball. We love talking about our league. Um, you know, with that being said, just – be a little respectful, be a little courteous of, you know, of our criticism or for your criticism. Um, you know, Mike's going to stay up today probably till about three, four in the morning editing this, this podcast. You know, we don't, there, there's no, there's no pay here. There's nothing. We do this because we love it. And we do this for you guys, for, for the crowd. I do. I do have some editing that I have to go do. Um, for those of you that don't know, for Dave and I, um, we had some audio issues a couple times where Dave got some phone calls. I've got to go splice together about three different interviews into two segments. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, for those of you that have listened to this episode, we greatly appreciate it here at Sunny Days and Double Plays, myself and Ivani, the team. Uh, special thanks to Dave for coming out, finally getting him on the show. Um, we got some good things accomplished in the first part. Listen to part two next week where you hear me try to talk Dave into actually letting us do the all-star game. As you heard his abrupt no that ended our first portion of our interview. I do talk, try to talk Dave into it. So that's your cliffhanger. Come back next week. See if I can talk Dave into letting us have that all-star game. Pray for me, guys. 
pray that I can get it done. That's it. it. I love it. We love you. We love you guys. We'll see you next week right here. Let's go Celtics. Let's go C's. Let's go C's. (laughs) All right, guys. Take care, and we'll see you back next week. Bye, guys.